Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. God of deliverance, you protected Jesus as a baby and sent the blessed family to Egypt. At the appointed time, Jesus and his family were called back. Jesus matured and lived out his calling. You call out to me, let me hear and learn from your voice. You are my rock and redeemer who chooses me, equips me, and walks with me. This I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, my Savior and Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading again is Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 through 23. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking this child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is the Christmas season. But <clears throat> Pastor Peter uh, reminded the 8.30 service that this is also International Seminary Student Day. So, yeah, y'all get me. Uh, uh, I'm a seminary student along with uh, Paul Myler, and Paul is in, um, uh, on an internship at Central in Galveston, and he is preaching this morning, too. And we have another seminary student in the hopper, which uh, we're trying to talk her into coming up here, too. And then some have already graduated, which y'all will hear about later. So good, good morning, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I'm glad to spend this time with you. Would you pray with me? Great God, we give you thanks for this Christmas season. 
and another day to share in and grow in you. What a privilege it is to hear your word proclaimed. Rescue me from me, God, and hide me behind the cross. So at this time, we may hear your word in spite of anything I say or I do. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I love a good story, whether it's on the big screen or in a book. I hope that in this season that you find a little extra time to read that book or to watch that movie that you haven't quite got around to doing. There's something inviting about entering the plot that's filled with suspense, intrigue, wonder, whether it's in a book or film. But I thought that I would do some of the same things I've done before. I will confess to y'all. Here's my confession for this sermon. I read the back page of every book. I can't stand it. I need to know the end. I need to know whether I need to be sad or happy or something else. Our story today from the scriptures has dreams, danger, and even recovery. So again, we have angels leaving abruptly in the middle of the night, a mad ruler determined to find Jesus, infanticide, the mad ruler's death, the return of the Holy Family not to Bethlehem but to Nazareth because it was safer there. Often we read the scriptures like they're one event that go from one to another. But scholars believe that the Magi made it to Bethlehem when Jesus was about two-ish. Now, for those of you that are wondering, ish is Rhonda's theological term. Um, These are deductions that are made from other sources, from historical writings, uh, and hence from the scripture. So if you'll allow me a moment, just a little bit of uh, latitude, if you will, I'd like to recap our story. Duran did a great job, but I want to back up just a little bit. I'm reading today from the message because... I read from all versions. I think that you get a different feel for them. Um, I'd encourage y'all to do that as well. So we're going to read from Eugene Peterson's The Message. We're going to start in Matthew 2. Jesus was born in a Bethlehem village in Judea territory. This was during Herod's kingship. A band of scholars, and the scholars that they're talking about are magi, arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They ask around. Where can, we pay, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on a pilgrimage to worship him. When the word of this inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not only Herod alone, but all of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered up all the high priests and the religious scholars into a room, and together he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him Bethlehem in Judea territory. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars. You guys remember, that's the Magi from the east. Pretending to be as devout as they were, 
He got them to tell him exactly when the birth had happened and when the star announcement had happened, had, appear, had appeared. He told them about the prophecy about Bethlehem and he said, go find this child. Leave no turn, stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word and I will join you at once to worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again. That same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place where the child was. They could hardly contain themselves. They were at the right place. They were at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshiped him. They opened their luggage and presented gifts of gold, myrrh, and frankincense. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod. So they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. Now we're right here at, at where Duran began to read. After the scholars were gone, you guys remember the scholars were the Magi? An angel showed up again in Joseph's dream and commanded, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Stay there until further notice. Herod is on the hunt for this child and wants to kill him. Joseph obeyed. He got up, took the child and his mother under the cover of darkness. They were out of town and well on their way by daylight. They lived in Egypt until Herod's death. This Egyptian exile fulfilled what Hosea had preached. I will call my son out of Egypt. So we know a little bit about the protagonists or the major characters in our story. We have Joseph, we have Mary, we have, of course, baby Jesus, but what about the antagonist, the adversary in the story? Herod the Great. Well, y'all might call him great. Let's look, about, let's look at some facts about Herod, and they're not fun facts either. Herod's father had done some favors in Rome and as, pa as, a, as a payment, Herod's family was given the right to rule Judea, which was under Roman occupation. But in 43 BC, his father was assassinated by a threatened family member, and Herod and his brother were captured. After being captured, his brother committed suicide, but Herod was able to get away and flee to Rome. Then in 37 BC, the Roman Senate appointed Herod king of the Jews. That's an interesting title. So he returned to Palestine, raised up an army, and defeated his father's assassin in battle. Herod ruled as the so-called king of Jews for 33 years until his death in 4 BC. When the baton was passed to Herod, he tried everything to keep not only Rome happy, but the Jews happy. The problem was is that Herod wasn't a Jew. Now I'm going to ask you to think back on some of your Old Testament stories, back to Isaac and Rebekah. They had two sons, remember? One was Jacob, 
who became the father of the Israelites, and the other was Esau, who became the father of the Edomites. Well, you can see that Herod was from the lineage of Esau. So because of his ancestry, most of the Jews would have never accepted him as a legitimate Jewish king. This fact infuriated Herod. On top of this, Herod was, ex was an extremely jealous ruler and his paranoia was legendary. One of his 10 wives, who happened to be Jewish, had a brother who was a high priest. Herod felt threatened by him, so he had him killed. Then his Jewish wife, remember, he killed her, killed her too. So we can see that, Ruth, that Herod was a ruthless man. At one point, he was afraid of a plot against him by the two sons, you know, the one by the Jewish wife, and so he killed them as well. So we can see that Herod was not only brutal, but also merciless. It's no wonder that Matthew tells us that Herod was deeply disturbed when he learned that the child had been born who was being called the king of the Jews. He was immediately threatened. And even though Jesus was a baby and he was an old man, he still had issues. So back to the story just a little bit. Herod, whenever he realized that the scholars, you guys remember the Magi, had tricked him, flew into a rage. He commanded the murder of every little boy, two years old and under, who lived in Bethlehem and the surrounding hills. Later, whenever Herod died, God's angel appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Up, take the child and his mother and return to Israel. All those who, were, who wanted to murder the child are dead. Joseph obeyed. He got up, took the child and his mother, and re-entered Israel. Sometimes in the midst of good comes bad. And sometimes it happens quickly and unexpectedly. As a chaplain, I got to hear many, and I still get to hear many people's stories. But early in my chaplaincy, I met this man who had a liver problem and his liver problem was worsening. He had a successful job. He was very good at it, and he loved it. He had a wife, and he had two children. One child was the light of his life. The other child, well, y'all know about this. It was complicated. He shared his struggle with blessings he had had in his life, and this one big regret, that relationship. He was worried that he might die before he had a restored relationship with his son. We talked for an hour and a half. I don't usually sit with people that long, but it seemed like he needed it, and maybe I did too. We laughed and we prayed, and after that, whenever I was at the hospital and he was admitted, I saw him. I got moved to a Houston hospital and I was listening to a report one morning and I heard his name. He had received a liver transplant right after Christmas. I made my way upstairs to visit him and I found him. He was full of joy. He had been given a second chance, more time, maybe a renewal of sorts. 
I got to meet his lovely wife, the child that was the light of his life. And then I met the other. Yes, the other child that he had hoped to have a restored relationship with eventually. Now, I don't know what happened in their relationship, but the other was there. He was with his dad, smiling, and he was holding his hand. Pope Francis said in his homily on Christmas Eve this year, may we not wait for our neighbors to be good before we do good to them, for the church to be perfect before we love her, for others to respect us before we serve them. The beauty of Christmas comes with the wonderful and the not so wonderful. Some events are downright tragic, horrific, and painful. But Christmas is God's testimony that darkness has been broken and hope has entered in. It's the message that a new king is born. The king is born. The king who will conquer death. The king who will heal our hearts, deliver us from sin, and relieve our despair. When Jesus was born, hope entered our world. This is the good news. This is the great news. It means that no matter what we've gone through this year or what we will encounter in the next, we still have hope. We can have hope because a Savior was born who would live his life in perfect obedience to his Father. We have hope because we know that evil and death were unable to defeat Jesus, and that's a promise to us too. We, were given, we have hope because we know that God is with us always, in the difficult time and in the good times. And we have hope because we know the end of the story. We can turn back to the end of the book and we can read the, the last page. There's a day coming where there will be no more sorrow, no more sin, no more pain, no more death, no more tears. Where's your hope today? You've heard the end of the story. Hope is here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.